You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello, welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Roger. It is Thursday. We are a couple of days late, but with good reason, because my youngest daughter got married, so... Congratulations. It was awesome. It was very, very nice. This is going to be a fun episode. I've actually been looking forward to it for a little while right now, simply because of the Secret Wars, this is my favorite. (laughs) And of course, I'm not referring to Secret Wars per se. It's a Secret War. It's Fury's Secret War that came out in 2004, 2005. It was written by Bendis with art by Gabriel Delotto. Delato. I always say Delato. Yeah. But yeah. Not sure. I would say genius. Let <laughs> me just leave it at that. Seriously. And, and I think that's fair assessment. And this actually was very interesting because a, well, as we just said, the art in and of itself is reason enough to read this. It's that bloody good. It's painted. So it has very much that kingdom come kind of feel to it. At least I mm-hmm. thought so. And, it's one of those things where um, I don't want to sound like a snob. I, I really don't because I'm not about this. But the more you um, are involved in various arts, whether it is like in my case, my wife's an artist. So I, I get to experience that through her, not obviously through me. But we also like go to galleries all the time and we buy art as well and stuff like that. And we have this appreciation for art. So when I see this painterly art... And and I've made my love clear of all types of arts as well, from the cartoony to the ridiculous. But this here, I find, it adds so much more weight to a story. So then when you get a story like this, that I personally found to be insanely gripping, like really edge-of-your-seat suspense thriller kind of mentality at points, I, I loved it. When you have this type of art to go along with it, it it makes you feel as if you are right inside of it. I don't know for me, for me personally. It just I'm so much more invested in the characters with this type of art. And I love when they do this in a mini series where you know they let an artist kind of run a little wild with the character designs. You yeah. know, it's still recognizable as the characters that you know and love, but you know, a little different. Like Gabriel's drunk Wolverine. <laughs> Maybe one of my favorite, like, on-panel characters visually in a long time. Wolverine don't look like Wolverine. No, and he doesn't I look like Wolverine, but you look at it and go, okay, that's Wolverine. Exactly. I mean, there's claws sticking out of his hands. We know who this is, and he's got the features as well, the chops and everything like that, and the obvious attitude, but... The look is way different than what we're used to. Between that, the 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 way that he does Pete, he does Pete mm-hmm. really, really freaking good. His Luke Cage is completely different than what we're used to, and I freaking loved it. Like, there was, I, I loved all of the character designs. I loved all of the um, panel layouts, even. The only thing that drove me nuts, and I can't remember if this was actually... Um, Delodo, or if it was somebody else. But one of the issues, I swear to God, 
whoever the artist was had an image from a screen cap from that hacker movie that Angelina Jolie did years ago. Hackers. Yeah, and 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 is was looking at that for the shot of of um what's her face? The the young um agent, the eighteen year old mm-hmm. Daisy. Daisy. So yeah, I don't know. And it was Gabriel. Yeah, I swear to God, you look at that and it's the same framed picture of her face looking up to the side over and over and over again. That's the only thing that got on my nerves. Other than that, oh my god, the artist balls to the wall spectacular yeah not no complaints whatsoever one of the, one of the most visually stunning miniseries this many years later still yeah now the story took place through a couple of different series not just the actual secret war miniseries but there was also some stuff that was overlapping into the new avengers and also into pulse i i actually didn't read those pulse issues so i don't know what those are all about i don't know mm-hmm. if you even recall those i read them years ago yeah. but for the life of me i can't remember yeah the event like i said takes place in 2003 and what this is is fury old white fury uncovers a plot by the latvian prime minister lucia von bardis no. Latveria. What's it's a that? very important distinction. Latveria. Latveria. What did I say? Latvian. Latvia. Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's a typo as I was typing it. It might have been an autocorrect by the program for all I know. <laughs> um, so he just uncovers this plot. Now, at this time, you would know more than I did. The um, Doom was actually in hell at the time, apparently. Yeah. Okay. It, you know, it happens. Yeah. More frequently than you'd like to think. So... This Lucia decides that she's going to fund a crapload of B-list supervillains with advanced tech and basically set them wild into the States wreaking havoc. So Fury goes to the present and the committee, obviously, and tells them, and they're essentially saying, okay, we got this, but bye He, being Fury, knows that he can't not do anything, so he goes off on his own. And he recruits Captain America, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Black Widow, Luke Cage, Wolverine, and also this Daisy character that we find out more about later on. He takes off with these yahoos, and now the story as it progresses kind of goes back and forth with the present tense, what's happening, and past tense. All of this here that I just described is past tense, and what's happening in the future, or in the present tense for the story, is that... um, you essentially it starts off with Luke Cage getting blasted out of his apartment, being in a coma, Fury going to visit and then finding out this is all your fault. We're paying for what happened a year ago. And what happened a year ago is this here where Fury goes to the president, tells him what's going on. They just say, get out. We got this. He gets his own little killer squad, takes them to freaking <laughs> see this. I, I love Lucia. the montage of Fury just showing up <laughs> at people's houses. <laughs> It was brilliant. And I like the I like seeing them all in the, the plane too, especially Spider Man oh, yeah. not having a clue what in the hell is going on. So they head over there, they raise havoc, they take her down, and then they don't find out until much later on they actually got brainwashed by Fury so that they wouldn't remember their involvement. Of course, Spider Man is having visions of what happened, but nobody else is. And so a year later, 
she is still alive, actually. Now she's a freaking cyborg. <laughs> and she's unleashed hell again. She's actually breaking prisoners out kind of thing. Assembles all of these B-list characters, again, with the, the tech that is combines together to create a bomb. And it's kind of sucking in all of the heroes as well so that they she can get them all into one place kind of thing. And so she can blow them all up. And then there's there's only a small explosion. Well, relatively small. They survive it. <laughs> and this Daisy character who can control seismic shifts kind of thing cause little vibrations or, or earthquakes kind of thing. She causes this Lucia woman's heart to explode. Well, you now know a bit more about Daisy now, right? That's what I thought was awesome here <laughs> because I hadn't put those two together kind of thing. And so when I saw this, it was like, hold on a second. That name sounds very familiar. Her name is Daisy Johnson. Well, anybody who watches Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. know that Sky's real name is H is uh, Daisy Johnson. And she has that kind of um, earthquake seismic power in the show as well. Although they made her an inhuman in the show, whereas in yeah. here she's the daughter, illegitimate daughter of a supervillain kind of thing. So like she's Mr. Hyde, the yeah. same villain from Agents of Shield. Yeah. So her powers aren't mutant kind of thing. They're yeah. screwed you, but whatever. So yeah, so she plays actually a fairly big role in this. And she actually Bendis invented her character, so that's kind of a nice feather in his cap, especially seeing as she's being used in Agents of Shield now. So, again, everything comes to a head. There's some pretty insane fights going on. The X-Men show up because Wolverine had a whole bunch of crap happening on his end. I didn't read. That must have been in other issues that was whether it was in some X-Men or Uncanny X-Men or something. I think it was just off panel. Really? Okay. I would have thought it would have shown up somewhere. But yeah, so he shows up with the X-Men, like, what the hell's going on here? (laughs) Do you really think the X-Men had trouble taking down those two yahoos? Yeah, really. (laughs) The, um, you know, (laughs) they get in more trouble crossing the street. (laughs) That's one of the the things I I love so much about this, just the entire premise of the story is it answers the question we've been asking for 50 years now if these idiots can't even rob a bank how can they afford all this This high-tech weaponry yep it's a question comic fans have been asking forever and we've never really gotten a good answer well they're bankrolled so um so yeah so the x-men show up and fury's there and this is where it's blowing right up because everybody is like what the hell is going on? And Cap is telling Fury, you tell him or I will, because he's figured out what's happened as well with a little hit squad. And when Wolverine finds out, he kind of loses his shit and stabs Fury, which was a little excessive. <laughs> Even for Wolverine. The This, you messed with my mind, and then stabity stab was kind of like, Eh, he's had his mind messed with a lot. I think he's kind of used to it at this point. So, but anyways, and then you find out that it's a life model decoy, which as I've said time and time again, is the laziest writing device I think I've ever seen in comics. Second only to Clark's glasses. (laughs) the, The entire purpose of this, in addition to telling its good story, was to write out Fury for a while. And, you know, the use of the life model decoy was his way of, you know, killing himself off publicly 
at least, because uh, something you should check out. You probably really like it. Uh, there's a follow-up series to this uh, debuted, I think, about a year after uh, this miniseries called Secret Warriors, which it was Nick Fury, uh, Daisy Johnson, and a team of literal nobodies. But they were Nick Fury's, like, black ops squad. It was actually a really good series. It was written by Jonathan Hickman. I think it might be one of the first things he wrote for Marvel. Awesome. Okay. I really like yeah, that series. I'll check it out. Might, yeah, for check sure. It out. Okay. So yeah, that that was you know his way of you know killing himself off so that he could go do his black ops stuff. Hmm. I, yeah, but see again, it's those damn life model decoys that I think are just a lazy at, plot at, device. At least you know they revealed it immediately. It's not like oh my god, Nick Fury's dead, and yeah, then you yeah, find out it's yeah. a life model decoy. So and then we get a little bit more here and there too because Daisy is being interrogated by Hill, who's. Not very happy. She never is, but she's really not very <laughs> happy. Well, this is the beginning of not very happy Maria Hill. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was so freaking pleasant before this. <laughs> she used to bring in bagels for everybody in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah, you get a lot going on with a number of characters for this. And not just the obvious heroes, but also a crap load of villains that... You won't even know because I don't know them. And well, which isn't to say that I know. Them I knew all, most of them, yeah, but I'm I a giant would, nerd, so exactly. Most of us <laughs> won't know them all. And then we got some stuff again with the tinkerer too, because they figure he's being the one bankrolling, and then they find out no, it's somebody bankrolling him to bankroll the others. They're all over the damn map. I again, I really like this a lot. I loved the pacing. The only problem that I had were the moments where it felt like Bendis felt the need to show several characters that hadn't been on panel for a while for one panel that simply didn't fit. And so you'd get these little asides with like Spidey and Iron or, or, or um, uh, Spidey and, uh, and Luke Cage or a couple of the other ones. And it was just like it broke up the story for me. And I mm. really didn't like that at all. That said, everything else in terms of the writing the, from the characters, their interactions together, the little stuff with the Wolverine freaking out a couple of times with Get Out of My Head was way excessive and stupid. But other than that, man, I loved this story so much. And like I said, I love that 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 intrigue of what happened. And it's a political intrigue as well with having to deal with the this prime minister and, and everything in the States. So... Yeah. What about you, though? Yeah, I think it's a very underappreciated bit of uh, Marvel's storytelling because not a lot of people have read this. At least uh, anybody I've talked to who's up to date with modern comics. Okay. Well, any parting uh, thoughts? Yeah, I, I also really liked a lot of the bonus material. Oh, God, yeah. The uh, the transcripts. I loved Fury's files of who his backup team would yeah. have been. Like, it, it like I, we're almost conditioned that you see this giant dossier for in, in a Marvel comic. You're like, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter. But no, this was actually some really good stuff in there that I really added a lot to it. Well, especially the interviews because they had the transcripts for several different interviews mm -hmm. and which are referenced in the comic. And so then when you read them after, it's like, ah, and you get a few more details here and there. So no, I agreed. One of them was way too much. I, went, I kind of flipped through it and I went, holy crap in hell. <laughs> nope, not doing that one. Sorry. Uh, but uh, 
But for the most part, yeah, I absolutely dug that a lot. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we moving on? Sure. Okay. I do, we agree though, that it's definitely something that you should check out. Um, find it, read it, appreciate it. It's it's actually, I, I really, really enjoy this. I, looking at, especially one of the modern events that I haven't been that crazy about, but even looking back to a lot of the ones that I really dug, this is actually, I'm putting this pretty high. I really loved it. I remember I read this, you know, when it first came out years ago and I really liked it. And I was like, okay, that was really cool. And then, you know, I said, not a lot of people I know had read it. So I kind of forgotten about like I keep bringing it up like hey you missed this really cool thing so that when you said we're talking about this week I'm like oh man I haven't read this in a decade is this going to be another one of those comics where I read it later and don't like it I actually liked it more now than I did 10 years ago yeah Yeah, it is great okay let's move on to what we're reading did you read uh, Lando no oh dude it's awesome yeah, my my reading list of this past week is a little uh, shameful oh so is mine I I had a wedding that's my excuse (laughs) Okay, uh, but no, this was actually fairly good. And what I like about it too, and and it's pointed out in here, is his attitude of use your brain, not a pistol. You can't, mm-hmm. you don't have to solve everything with a blaster. Use your brain, and that way you get away safe, and they don't come after you. So you got some con jobs going on, kind of thing. And I really enjoyed it quite a bit. It was it was a lot of fun. So I'm looking cool. forward to the next ones. Are you up with uh, Future Imperfect? The Secret Wars one? Yeah. I read the first issue and it just didn't work for me, so I haven't read the last couple. Yeah, I'm still reading it, and I don't know. See, it, it has some elements that I like. Um, not Greg Land's artwork. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I don't know. There's elements that I'm enjoying it with the Resistance kind of working against against him and and the stuff too with the thing kind of deciding that eh, maybe he's on to something here so again there's elements that i'm 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 digging about it it's not nearly as good as a lot of the other ones that we've talked about in the past but hey it's what i read this week yeah, yeah it's one of those things where it's like you know there's so much secret war stuff going on even i'm not going to read all of it so a few are getting left by the wayside did you uh you caught up with saga Yes. Yes. So this was good. Wasn't as good as some other ones though, but it was obviously it was good. Um, but yeah, I, I, there was some pretty powerful, once again, writing in the narrative from the kid uh, that I really, really, she is easily my favorite character in this comic. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, we're getting stuff here as she's again, as things are changing and you're finding out. Which kid? (laughs) What do you mean, which kid? Who you were thinking of? Um, the, the the slave girl. Oh yeah, I like her too. No, I was actually talking about their daughter. Yeah, the, she's the great too. Of course, yeah. Hazel. Yes, but no, yes, no. The other kids are awesome too. But I'm really curious what's going to be happening with the what's his name, dude, the Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when because that that whole side story is like honestly, that's been the more interesting of the stories to me. Yeah, I want to find out what the hell's going on there. Okay, last one. There was a new series called The Tomorrows. Hmm. Dark Horse. And, no. Um, <laughs> I like giving new series a try. Sure. We encourage it here. And I'm going to be rattling off a few number ones as soon as we're done talking here. 
And uh, this is with uh, Kurt Pyers, Piers, whatever, and uh, Jason Copland. Um, I started reading, and like the first page, you're going, oh, okay, so it's kind of some sci-fi kind of futuristic things. And then you read some of the lines. <laughs> and wow. Like, dude's breaking into a woman's house. She's screaming, who the hell are you? And I am Toshiro Mifuni having sex with David Bowie. I am what? death in a denim what? jacket. I what? am your best friend. What? <laughs> I kept reading after this. Because it's what you do when you read stupidity like this. Because you get this dude who looks like he's either a very high-class assistant or accountant using yin-yang in his speech. We have the market data up the yin-yang because that's how people speak when they're in that kind of position. And then you have this villain talking about, I am a 33. Apparently everybody has to tell you how old they are too. Cause that happened a few times in a few pages, 33 year old man with all the money in the world, a voracious drug habit and a chronic masturbatory issue. Oh yeah. That's a character I can get behind. We're on page one, two, three, four, five, six. That's where I stopped. <laughs> and I went, that was strike three, buddy. Sorry, we're done. <laughs> so that's my lot for the week. <laughs> what have you got? Not much. Uh, I was very happy that Sex Criminals is back. I, I've spoken about the series endlessly, about how much I enjoy it. And, you know, they, they alternate between really good, like, drama and absolute insanity. And this one trended towards the latter. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't read it, but of all the tasteless <laughs> and, uh, you know, ridiculous jokes they've done in this comic, the last page of issue 11 may be the best one yet. <laughs> I'm really behind on this. I read like what, maybe three or four. Mm -hmm. And then I just fell behind. It's one of those I need to get caught up. Yeah, because I said they, when they stop the jokes and they're serious, it's some really powerful stuff. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Okay. I thought you were gonna talk for longer. <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, you were banking on me being long-winded, is what you're saying. Yeah, you know, hey, playing the odds. Mm -hmm. I, of course, read the first issue of Godzilla Into Hell. And by red, I mean I looked at the pictures because there's no dialogue in it. It's purely Godzilla. I, I love how there's like not even any sort of setup. The first panel is him literally falling through the skies and landing in hell. Oh, for crying out loud. So there's no dialogue because there's no human characters. We're obviously not going to get an internal monologue. But James Stokoe is one of the most talented artists in the business. If he could put out a comic in less than six months, he would be a much you know, more well-known name. But the stuff he does is just phenomenal. Like he's only doing the first issue of this uh, miniseries. They're bringing in different artists for each issue, getting their different interpretations of what would happen to Godzilla in hell. And, I mean, it's... I, you know, there's no story. It's just some interesting landscapes, you know, Godzilla wandering through this wasteland, getting into fights. But <laughs> the creature design for, you know, the boss of this issue, if you will, one of the most disturbing things I've seen. <laughs> and I applaud James Stokoe for it because it was awesome. I would like to see the script for that. <laughs> Page one. <laughs> 
just show him walking around. Hell. <laughs> page two. See page one. <laughs> <laughs> Rinse, repeat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Anything else? And then for what I didn't read. And this is new. Is this a I... new segment? Because <laughs> I got a few I could add to that list too. <laughs> no, it's a comic that I wanted to give a chance. And that is the new Cyborg comic from DC. Ah. Issue one came out last week, two weeks ago. I forget. And yeah, it's a new number one, of course, but it's... Cyborg, a previously B-list character who DC has been legitimately trying really hard to elevate. You know, he's African-American. It's it's a comic that for a number of reasons, I do want to see it succeed. I looked at it, read the dialogue on the first two pages, and walked away. God, what now? (laughs) It It was just so cliched and like, Maybe if it was a parody of something, I could have got... It was just... And I don't even know what was happening. It was just like this random, like, sci-fi alien battle thing. But it was it was every bad line you can think of from Starship Troopers and the Klingons in Star Trek crammed together. It was just... Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know how the cyborg story was because if that little prologue was any indication of the level of writing we were going to get i'm very sorry to say i didn't even bother giving it a chance oh, that's too bad okay and that's all i've got all right fair enough okay so this week here what came out uh marvel side we're looking at age of apocalypse number two amazing spider-man renew your vows number three civil war number two darth vader number eight future imperfect number four giant size little marvel's avx number three which is the second most important in this list. The first most important, of course, is Groot, number three. <laughs> Guardians of Nowhere, number two, which I kind of enjoyed the first one. I don't know about you. It was all right. It wasn't spectacular, but it was all right. It was all right. Uh, Guardians Team Up, number nine. Infinity Gauntlet, number three. Ms. Marvel, 17. Red Skull, two of three. Spider Island, two of five. And Ultimate End, four of five. And that one I'm almost ready to say just ain't the goddamn thing. On the DC side, we got Batman Beyond number three, Batmite number three, Constantine the Hellblazer number one. Hold on, I didn't put that in the list. Did you add things to my list? I did not touch your list. Okay, so I did put it in. <laughs> Maybe it's a reprint. Actually, it is a reprint. I meant to take it out. So yeah, it doesn't belong in there. Forget I said that. Moving on, Detective Comics number 43, Green Lanterns 43, Injustice Gods Among Us, year four, number seven. No, that's old too. Well, remember, the, the print versions come out. Oh, that's true, too. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, and this one is the Mad Max number two of two. On the image side, we've got Dark Corridor number one, Skull Kickers number 100, We Stand on Guard number two, and The Wicked and the Divine number 13. And from everybody else, Big Trouble in Little China number 14 from Boom Studios, John Flood, a new number one from Boom as well, and O'Kill Strike number one of four from Boom. If I'm not mistaken, that's the one that's written by uh, Kevin Smith. And then we got Bob's Burgers number two from Dynamite. Looking for group number five. We love this comic book, and I've been seriously digging everything that's going on right now as well. So, yeah, this is good stuff. Pathfinder Origins number six of six from Dynamite. Will Eisner's The Spirit number two. I guess when you're Will Eisner, you just put your name on everything you write from Dynamite. Star Trek number 48 from IDW and Transformers number 44 from IDW as well. And that is going to wrap up the show. You can go to Combo Combo. <laughs> Almost said for the lore. There's my plug. My plug is actually a blooper. 
Screwed it up. You can go to comicbookinformer.com to see the show notes and to leave us any comments that you would like. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher as well. And with that, we will see you guys next week. That was horrible. Wow. It's about as good as my average outro. You're really, you're a bad influence on me. That's what you are. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast. <laughs>